Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to watch more analysis of the stocks in this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the market report videos under the Learning Center. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Hello and welcome to the Australian Stock Market Report. Now this week we're going to take a look at Google and Facebook and why the new Australian laws are good for our media. Then we'll get into the Australian stock market so I can share with my thoughts on where it's heading along with answering your questions and looking at stocks for you like PLS, CBA, IPL, ASX and CSL. I'm Dale Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Now, before we move on, thank you for showing your support for our channel and hitting that subscribe button. Remember, as you subscribe, click the bell on the right of it so you keep up to date with our latest videos. Also, remember to tune into our live Australian stock market show every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m. Australian Eastern Time, because this is the show where you get to ask us, the stock market education and trading experts, to answer your questions and look at the look at the stocks that you've chosen for us. Now, over the past few decades, Australian media companies have slowly declined as many more individuals take to the internet and social media for their daily news fix. Now, the Australian government must be applauded for the recent agreements with both Google and Facebook, which has forced them to negotiate and pay for content from Australian media companies. Now, Australia used to have several very strong media companies that we all enjoyed owning shares in, including myself. However, this has changed dramatically over the last decade as several um, household names have now or now no longer trade on our stock exchange. Now, whilst the recent agreements with Google and Facebook is good news, you really do have to question whether is now it's now too late to save our local industry. But not only that, but to see it grow once again. Now, in my opinion, Australians need to have a very strong independent media presence rather than just being part of some global newsfeed that seeks to censor what we see, read and hear. Now, Australia has many, many great journalists and I've met quite a few of them and I think the government needs to go further to ensure the independence of that Australians value by ensuring media companies supply a large percentage of locally produced content this would not only protect our media industry and the jobs for those in the industry, but it would also protect our way of life. Now, Google, Facebook and other social media companies have had their way for far too long as they've been able to dictate and manipulate what information we consume. And as such, they have created mass division in the US, which has been playing out on our TV screens or all have been playing around on TV screens around the world for the last six months. So once again, I congratulate the government for taking these first steps, although I hope these are only just the first steps and that there are many more to come. 
Now let's look at what happened in the market and get into what were the best and worst performing sectors last week. Now energy was the best performing sector up 2.54%, followed by materials, which was up 1.71%. Industrials and financials were just in the red down 0.64% and 0.89% respectively. Now the worst performing sectors, well, they included information technology that was down 12.79%, followed by communication services that was down 7.13% and consumer discretionary, which was down 6.47%. Now, the best performers in the ASX S&P top 100 stocks included Lend Lease, and that was up over 11.86%, followed by AMP up 11.11%, and IDP Education, that was up 8.95%, with Nine Entertainment and Qantas, not far behind, both of those were also up over 8% for the week. The worst performers, they included Appen, which was down 22.73%. Afterpay Limited, that was down 21.33%. And Domino's Pizzas, that was down 16.47% for the week. So what do I expect in the market moving forward? Well, let's get into the chance for our S&P 500 All Ordinaries Index update for this week. We'll also answer your questions and look at the stocks that you've chosen for me. Well, the surprises on our stock market just keep happening, don't they? I mean, last week the market was up Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and looking okay, but then Friday happened and the market fell away to close lower for the week. So go figure, it's been, uh, we've had this complete inconsistency over the last sort of month. And as I was mentioning on last week's report, how the market momentum has slowed a lot over the last sort of two months there and last week was no different where we're getting one day it closes higher one day it closes lower then it closes higher it closes lower and it's been going pretty much sideways but let's go and have a look at the chart because last week was quite interesting and some telling signs there for us to look at for what might happen over the next couple of weeks so and if you're being a little bit challenged by the market at the moment then you can probably understand why when you're looking at what I'm talking about in terms of the market not really picking a direction right now but let's get on to the chart now this is the same chart that we looked at last week if you can see that I've still got the same information there all I've taken it off is um, a little bit of drawing that I did from last week but you can see here last week I was saying the momentum from that uh, March to 2020 low through to that high there uh, where my pointer is there in August that was 22 weeks to that high now from that high to this high we've seen 25 weeks but if I move that to there down to there you can see now we're 21 weeks up so having it falling over i did expect the fall over to happen through from here from that week there i thought we'd keep going down but it turned later in the week to close higher and not really push high we can see here we try to push up here came back close lower this week we pushed up came back to close lower so three weeks in a row we've actually closed lower than it opened even though two of those three weeks it actually traded higher and are technically up weeks on our marketplace so we are in the time frame still for the low to happen now one of two things are going to happen i know these people that want me to tell them tell them exactly what's going to happen hate me because i have you know, I've always got to give two different scenarios because you need to be prepared. I don't control which direction the market goes. It does it itself. All I can control is when I get in and when I get out. So two things can happen from here is one of them is if, if we start falling away this week and if we go below that low there, 6770, then I would expect our market to sort of get down to that 6500 point market over the coming weeks into probably March. Uh, sorry, March will be bearish possibly into April. Remember I was saying I was expecting a low last week. I was expecting April 
to be a low maybe into May, but probably into April. And it's not inconceivable that market will fall for four or five weeks. And you can see here from that high, one, two, three, four weeks down. So, and if we look here, from that high to that low, that was 6.57%. Whereas, let's look at it again here. And from that high, 6.57% would only take us to there roughly. Um, but it would be below that low there. But I would expect it would probably go more likely 10, possibly up to 15%, which would be roughly around where my second line is. So I'm expecting a larger pullback. Now, there's one or two things that can happen here, um, as I was saying. So we could just go straight down into that. If I click on my other click there, um, we could just go straight down into that. We may also do something a little bit different, which is what I was possibly thinking last week, is we may go up a tiny little bit and then come down into sort of May there. That's the other scenario. Either way, I think April and May will be a low. I'm pretty confident of that. Um, but right now, it's it's really, you've got to be careful about buying into stocks through here. And the reason why I'm saying that is, let me get my trend error. Let's just say here's a move to from... Oh, let me get rid of that and do it properly. If I click on here and click there. If you're buying up in here on any move, whether it's a short or long-term move, a daily move, whatever else, you're buying in high-risk territory because if you're buying just before the peak, you're going to then suffer the dip over there. And some people say, well, I'll just get out. But it'll be going down before you realise to get out because there's you've got to give stocks flexibility in, uh, in terms of when. You don't just jump out because it has a down day or a down week. You just... you, you get out of stocks because they are likely to be more bearish for a little bit longer than that. And trying to pick these peaks is quite hard or often. For most people, it's really, really, really hard. And exiting is the hardest thing that people will actually get to do. And I know I do get emails all the time from people saying, yeah, you're right, Dale, I know how to get in, but I just don't know where to get out and how to get out. I'm going to show you something through here. And you've got the sector indices here. These are all your sectors in the marketplace. This was last week. So you can see energy materials doing well, which is what we've been saying energy materials and financials should do better. Even financials only up down 0.89, where the market was down 1.75%. The reason why the market wasn't down more than that was simply because of materials and financials. These are the two biggest sectors in our marketplace. And because they're doing okay, the market didn't fall that much, where you can see info technology down 12 0.79% and as a um, you really do need to look at there for yourself in terms of where the money's going. If we go and look at this is called the size indices. These are all your indices like your top 50, your top 100, top 20, top 200, top 300. All Lords is 500 stocks. You can see there last this current year since 1 January. It's up 0.71%. But look at emergent companies is up 25.52 and mid-cap 50s. This is telling me that the retail traders are getting into the market big time. And I know Concept, Concept, Comsec announced about a week or two ago that it's had brought on about a quarter of a million new retail traders or people that have never traded and opened up accounts before over the last year. And this is what people are going for. And there's a big signpost to me. It's like, like having your GPS on a highway and when it says, you know, take the next exit three kilometres away. When you start seeing this, this is telling me that the market's getting too overheated, it's getting hot, there are signs that the market will come back. Because what happens is, is, is that this euphoric buying that happens at the end of big runs is generally all the retail investors getting in and they generally look for low cap speculative stocks because they deem them to be 
cheap and better to make money with small amounts of capital. And both of those are, uh, are completely the wrong reasons to buy into those sorts of stocks because both of those aren't true. But when you look at it, you're looking at the, the top 20 stocks here, only down 1.49% uh, here and obviously the ASX 50 down four, minus 4.86%. This is calendar year again, this is for January, February. Uh, for the first two months of this year. So what this is telling me is there's going to be a pullback soon. And when it does happen, the people in these areas, we're going to get bitten a hell of a lot. So, but uh, just be really careful at the moment. As I said, the market is likely to probably go down in a minute at the moment, but I am expecting a low into April and I won't, uh, I'm not even suggesting it's going to be a crash. Please don't ever suggest, I'm not suggesting a crash. All I'm suggesting is it's really possible our market be, could be going down into the low that I was expecting, and it could be four to six weeks of going down into that low. That said, if the market takes off this week and goes up, we might hit one or two weeks up and then come down into low. That's really all I'm saying, but I am still expecting a low into April, possibly into May. Could happen early April, mid-April, probably more likely mid-April, but it could happen anywhere between the start or the end of April, even into into May. But it could, as I said, I'm thinking it might happen a little bit earlier. But just sit back, wait and see, and be patient. But let's now go into your questions so I can answer those for you. Now, the first question we've got today is from Bratz Babe, who says, Hello, Dale, I just ordered your book and eagerly waiting for it. Now, can you please have a look at Pilbara Minerals? I bought these at 98 cents not long ago with a view to holding them long term, and they are currently at $1.14 at the time of the message. Now, I may be speculating lithium demand in the near future, and I'm considering topping up on this stock. Your thoughts are highly appreciated, and thanks for another wonderful show. Well, let's get in to that one for Brett's babe. So on the screen right now, you've got Pilbara Minerals, uh, or Pil Pilbara, oh, well, this Pilbara Minerals, sorry, um, on the screen. And yeah, look, I've heard for the last few years, probably the last four or five years, even probably longer, I've heard people talk about lithium, lithium, lithium. Um, and you really have to be careful about that because when something is in such a high demand, obviously the price goes up and you would think obviously the, the underlying or the companies mining lithium will go up and they surely they did but generally don't bank on it because there are a lot of other battery technologies coming out so um, we had the same conversation many many years ago with oil when oil was like a hundred dollars a barrel and everybody was suggesting it was going to go to two hundred dollars a barrel and yet it hard because we were saying well it's only a rare it's a rare earth it's you know there's only so much of it etc 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 but as things get more expensive or more exclusive other technologies come along that just beat it. And there are plenty of technologies around at the moment. You don't have to sort of search, you know, go on to, you know, on, even onto YouTube, just type in, you know, battery technology and you'll see all sorts of different options through there. I'm not so, so saying that what your underlying thoughts are aren't great, but looking at this at the particular time, it's been beautiful, big, big bullish run here for all, for quite a few months through here. You may be getting in on the end of the run because obviously looking at that is August, 2020, that's September 2020, it, it rose up 384%. Now, you've probably heard some news about it, et cetera, et cetera. So you've jumped in at that 90, I think it was 97 cents a little while ago, probably in around there. And you've, you're not really making a lot of money. And this is generally when a lot of the people who don't understand better 
um, buy and sell rules get into stock and then they sit on them. But right now, it's not looking super, super strong. I would put a stop loss on this. I would definitely sell it if it went below that 86% rate. Um, I don't think it, if it went below that low there, it's probably likely to go all the way back down through into that 70 possibly lower. I'm not suggesting it's definitely going to go down, but if it goes up this week, then you might get a nice little run over a period of months, but I probably wouldn't add to it. That'd be my take on it. I wouldn't really add to any position when I see this sort of stock. We're sort of like what I was talking about on the All Lords report where I said, you know, you could be buying at the top just before it filters over. And unless you've got good knowledge around trends and how they unfold and price projections and time projections to understand when they move and when they're likely to have their peaks and troughs, you will get caught in some of those. But again, don't just necessarily think, well, okay, lithium's good. it's high demand because of batteries, because of you know electric vehicles, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, then that was just going to go up, as I said, because there'll be other technologies coming in that are going to have batteries that are going to be much, much better than lithium batteries. But anyway, let's move on to the next question. Um, this one's from Adrian, who says, Hi, Dale, just ordered your book and can't wait to read it. Thank you very much for that, mate. Um, as you often point out, like many beginners, I don't know how or when to sell. Um, he goes on to say, I have a CBA or Commonwealth Bank in my portfolio and took a position at $61 in April last year. Momentum is slowing in the market, as you pointed out, and that certainly seems to be the case with this bank. I don't have a solid sell rule and waiting for three downward bars on our monthly chart. Seems like it could erode profit. I've heard you say so many times that the market rises in depth and falls in elevators. So wondering if, you're, if you move more quickly on exits than entries gratefully Adrian um, the answer to that last question, do I move more quickly on exits than entries? No, not necessarily. It's always about trade on confirmation, not speculation. So always wait for a rule to trigger. But then it's also context dependent because we also talk about, or Janine and I talk about a lot of times is content context. So would I do exactly the same thing for a micro cap stock as I do for a Commonwealth Bank? No, I wouldn't. I really wouldn't. Would I use the same analysis methods? Yes. But would I adjust my entry and exit rules? Yes, I will. It would because it's about momentum and volatility. And as you said, last week I was showing everybody how momentum has slowed in the marketplace. Now, generally when the marketplace or the momentum has slowed, you're looking at the top 20, top 50 stocks, their momentum has slowed. Like I was showing a little bit earlier in the report, how some of those micro cap or the low end of the market, that's moving where the bigger end of the market is not moving as much. It's suggesting that, as I said, you know, not being rude to anybody, but retail traders or retail investors who really aren't that well educated at the market are jumping in on stocks that they deem are going to make them more money much quicker and and are cheap. And all of those are really false assumptions because all they are is a lot more erratic and a lot more volatile and a lot more unpredictable, which means inconsistency and inconsistency leads to poor returns. Because whilst you may make money for a month or two months or six months, you're going to give it all back again. That's history repeating itself. And I've seen this so many times over the last two, three decades that I've been helping people is people that go for the fast buck generally end up with the fast loss. Um, and it's like the gambling mentality. But let's go and have a look at the CBA, the stock itself, because it, Janine and I have been talking about financials and we've talked them up and saying we do like them so this stock has slowed a little bit on on the weekly chart it's had a beautiful move through right through here you bought them around the 60 dollars mark i think you said in around april uh last year so somewhere around no probably around somewhere around oh, no 
probably around, no, probably around somewhere around about there you probably would have bought them. Beautiful time to buy the stock. It looked really, really nice. I wouldn't be worried about it because this, I think, is longer term bullish. And part of the reason why I say that, look at this. This is Combank. If you're talking about the all-time high, Combank is way back there in April 2015, and it's low as March 2020. So five years it's spent going down. This is now what I would deem to be in a more medium to longer term bull market. And it's one of these great stocks. If you're looking at stocks on their marketplace, some of the best stocks on the marketplace, this is one of those over history, over a few decades. If you look here, it doesn't get much better than Commonwealth Bank. Yes, through all this stuff with the Royal Commission and everything, there was a lot of issues. Uh, but now it's lean and mean and, and yeah, I think, and I'm keen because it is a great looking stock. Macquarie is the other big one that performs there. So CBA and the big four, out of the big four, performs the best. And Macquarie performs better than all of those if you're looking at banks. But I wouldn't necessarily jump ship just because momentum is slowed. Yeah, look, hey, it's slow because it's basically trading at the same level it was in December. But this pullback here will be a little bit of a pullback and then it'll go. If you want to sell, then that's your choice. Um, but right now it is looking good. If I just put a pretty much a basic trend line on this stock, you can see here. It's just coming, really coming back to that angle. But if I go here, um, you can going to get a trend line across through here. But I, I would just say it's going to come back for a little bit, couple of weeks, and then take off again. So your choice whether you stay in the stock and, and ride out the dips because it, it depends on whether you're a medium to longer term or you're a very short term person. If you're very short term, then your choice is to exit. But um, my suggestion is this is more medium to longer term, good for your blue chip portfolios, for super portfolios. So, but again, you're in profit at the moment. You do need to work out your stop losses. Um, I don't necessarily think three months down is a good exit strategy, but I understand why you've done that. Um, I would actually use a monthly trend line. Once you've got my book, you'll be able to read what you do on a monthly trend line and how to place that on the chart. I would use that as an exit strategy on Commonwealth Bank as a better strategy for that point of view. Um, but now we have a question from somebody called Joseph who says, Hi, Dale, are you able to look at the ASX? Um, the market is going pretty good in the last six months and ASX just keeps going down and down from $90 to $68. Now, the fundamentals of this company is good and dividend is also good after the glitch of the system in December 2020. The share price is heading wrong in the wrong direction. Want to know more about what's going on with ASX? It's really interesting sometimes when you see stocks with these great fundamentals and great uh, stories and they just keep falling away and you think why the hell are they actually doing that? And at the end of the day is most of the money in, into stocks is always looking at two, three, four years out. That's really what it's looking at. It's not looking at the next two, three, four, five, six months. So when it's going down, it means people have already made their money. And all too often, I see the, the amateur retail investors jumping in after the money's already made, like we took, looked at with that first stock, um, what was it called? PL, um, Pilbara. Uh, we looked at that. It already run before the, the, the person asking the question really bought the stock. So let's go and have a look at the ASX or ASX, the stock, right now. Now, I was around when this thing floated and it was an amazing company and it did very, very well. But as you can see, this thing's been going down since September 2020. So it's been going down a lot longer than what it was in the December glitch. The December glitch is somewhere around about, where's the December glitch? Even down around here. There you go. It had already fallen a hell of a lot before it got to the December glitch. But that's not really, the December glitch is nowhere, not even part in my mind as a reason why it's falling away. It is a stock that is currently moving. But look at that. 
massive, massive, beautiful, big run from 2009. And this is the sort of stuff that I see. So from that February 2009, all through the GFC, nearly 300%. It was due for a bit of a pullback. It really was. But all if I use my trendline tool, where's my trendline tool? And I just whack it over here. You can see here. It's just coming back to more of a sustainable angle and we're seeing something here. So it's likely to keep falling. It's probably end up around about that $60 mark before it starts to do find some support. Looking at this, there's your previous all-time high back in January 2008, which is around that $60 mark. I don't think it would probably go below that point, that previous all-time high there set from pre-GFC days and that January 2008. Um, and yes, the market's doing really well, but right now the market isn't liking ASX. So at this point in time, if you own this stock, uh, it's you need to determine whether you want to keep it or you want to exit the stock. But I probably wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't be buying the stock right now, although I would still have it on my watch list because it is a great stock, as you pointed out. There's a lot of good reasons. Um, to own ASX, but not right now while the price is falling. Now, the next question we have is from Night Owl, who says, great show, like always. Would be interested to hear your opinion about Incitec Pivot for possible buy in the near term. A lot of people are talking about Incitec Pivot because um, it does a few different things. Obviously, it's um, in fertilizers, but it's in all sorts of other things. But let's have a good look at this stock because it's one of these great little stocks. It does trend well when it does move. I do like this stock at the moment, but quickly looking at the monthly chart, you can see here, look how sideways it is. This is not a big, this is more of a trading stock, not a buy and hold stock. It's all-time highs way back there in 2008. And right now, you could have bought it at the same price back in October 2008 is what you can then now. Uh, here we have a low there, $1.57 in March 2020. Here, the one there, that's $1.63. So it even went below that one. So... Right now we've had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten months up. That's not too bad, but we've had ten months up through here, and we probably had ten months up through there, and we definitely had ten months up through there. So you've got to determine whether this is now a much more sustainable move for you in terms of whether it's a good buy for you or not. Looking at the weekly chart bringing this up had some nice moves through here but nicely strong but i do actually like this i would think it, you know if it got through that level there at two dollars 84 i think that would be a nice place to enter into the stock but how much upside it's got that's the other thing you need to look at always it's not because you can buy it is how much upside and this is some of the things that jen and i do with our traders when we're mentoring traders is say well what's the upside potential for a stock but if we're let's say we're buying in here and the upside potential is up around this sort of resistance level here there's 18, 19, 20 odd percent before you get to there or roughly about seven or eight percent before you get to that sort of resistance level. So you've got to look at what is the strategy for you? Is it short? Is it medium? Is it long term? Where are you going to get in? But more importantly, know when you're going to get out. And this is about predicting how far it's likely to go. And this is why people have so much trouble with getting out of stocks is they're not sure how far a stock will go in price or time and they don't have an exit strategy. So right now, would I get into this stock? If I went into this stock, I would put it down as a one to three month type of trade at this point in time and let it prove to me that it's moving up. 
I would also look at those resistance levels and do a bit of work around that to see whether they're um, how strong they are and whether that's I would need to look at getting out of that stock at that point in time or whether it's going to go right through that sort of stuff but do have a good look at it I do like the look at it at the moment it does look like it's trending up nicely at this point in time it looks like it's setting itself up for a more medium-term trend but again it's more of a trading stock it's not a buy and hold stock but I don't know your um, purpose or what what you're thinking of because you didn't say short medium or longer term but hopefully that answers your question now lastly we have a question from chris who says hey dar love the show and your insights so lucky to have your take on what stocks are doing and where the market may be heading thank you very much for that i know it's really nice kind words and it's great that people do appreciate watching and i do here on youtube it does take a bit of effort from my whole team here to put all this stuff in so it really does um, warm our hearts to say that people are out there enjoying what we're doing and helping and and really we love to do we do really really do love to help people and and make sure you're not making how how do i say it dumb mistakes if that makes sense or rookie mistakes so hopefully some of our words of wisdom get through like we've heard um, on these questions here they are getting through and helping people make wiser decisions you make better decisions you'll make more money um, but more importantly Janine, our, my, our goal is to people, stop people losing. If we can stop you losing as much, you'll still make far, far more money and you'll be better at the market than most people. But um, we go. he goes on to say, would like to hear what you currently think of CSL and DTL. I'm going to cover CSL for you. Um, if you could give some insights on what you may think um, unravel. All the best and thanks in advance. So let's go and have a look at CSL. We only do one stock. I've had a lot of stocks today. So let's have a quick look at CSL. Some weeks we get a lot of stocks and some weeks we get questions with no stocks but looking at this i would known it right now at the moment it's still falling away it's fallen through that low there at this point in time 263 that low last week it hit a low of 262 so it is definitely in a downtrend it's been running down since that high in february 2020 so you probably think it's going to attack this low through here at 242 so i'd suggest it's probably going to keep falling away at this point in time but it's just losing its momentum like the rest of the market remember we've got seen the market coming back and that's what i was saying last week when it's momentum you're going to get stocks falling over and if i just use my little trend line tool here again i just whack it on here you can just see it's just coming right back that's really what it is it's just coming back to the momentum of, of what it should be but it'll probably come down as i said down to somewhere around 220 to 240 mark there briefly um, over the next couple of months and then it might find some support it might find some support above that high there at two two hundred dollars and that could be a nice little support level for it i just sit back and wait on this stock for a little bit of bit of time not jumping into it don't try and catch a falling knife. People go, wow, it's cheap right now compared to what it was. CSL is a very, very, very good stocks, but the best investors and the best traders are patient. And I'll say that again, the best investors and the best traders are patient, not impatient. Best investors and best traders do not act on FOMO. They act on confirmation of what's happening so they wait for something to happen make a decision based on what they know not what they think and i'm not suggesting you're not doing that all i'm saying is, is right now sit on your hands just watch wait for it come back in when it does find some support and start to move up again and you'll probably find yourself in a great trade um thank you everybody for your fantastic questions and uh, the stocks that you've suggested for me and we really do hope 
that we have helped you with this week's report. Now, if you have any questions that you would like me to answer, just stick them below. I can't answer them if you don't ask them. So please stick your questions below. And the question you're not asking is probably the most important one that you should be asking. Jenny and I are always here to help and answer questions. If you want to put into some constructive um, comments, then please do that as well. If you want to be one of those internet people that put rubbish on it, please just keep your fingers off the keyboard. As you know, we're not interested in the sort of dumb comments. If you've got some great comments, if you want to add to the conversation, please do that. Remember to subscribe first to this channel. So subscribe now. So you show the support to ask because the show here is supporting you. So if we can support you, if you support us. And remember that here on this channel, we also do these Monday market reports every single week. So we do, uh, and we also do a live stream every Tuesday night, 7 to 8 p.m. So remember, hit the subscribe button now, click the bell on the right of it so you know when we upload and go live. I'm Dale Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. Goodbye, good luck, and good trading. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.